operated and argued over. Sierra Nevada, big little thing. That's what the can says. It says family owned and operated and argued over. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> did you just pour beer in your computer? Yeah. He did. Oh, fuck. <laughs> now you're the butt fucking retard, man. Look at you. Mm. He's got them nowadays, hey, I got that pipeline punch. You're not drinking tonight, Rickles? No. Nope. No drinky Focus, poop. Focusing on staying awake. Good call. Oh, for real? Like you're about to crash? <clears throat> no. 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 Oh, oh, no. 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 I, I, I didn't do what I was supposed to do, so I'm not drinking. Oh. Because last night, instead of going to bed, I ate too much gummy and... <laughs> stayed up and then crashed at five and then I woke up way too late to do anything today with a tum tum ache because I ate all the junk food in the house and, <laughs> and bro, for real like I tried to get up at one and like I was just I was just shitting fire and, and, and water and wind and earth and ethos I was, I all was of just, the elements. I was shitting the temptations. I was shitting just everything, bro. And Sly and the Family Stone came pouring out his ass this morning. Did you try to put? Did you try Parliament? To, did you try to combine them all and, and get the fifth element? Did you try that? I, I he, did not. So his fucking million dollars come out of your ass. His diarrhea sounded like Bootsy Collins slapping the bass. Yeah. Yeah. So. So since I failed, I am punishing myself. That is your call. I, I endorse you having a beer for this. That's no. just me. On the one note, though, I tell you what, eating eating gummies and watching Maximum Overdrive is a treat. I knew it would be. <laughs> I knew it would be. It probably would be. I can see Cause, it. Because when I watched it and I was taking notes, I ate the last three of my gummies that I had, and those are all 30 milligrams a piece. So I yeah. was like, I was, I was just enjoying so much, so much nuance. Dude, I burnt waffles in the toaster and ate them. <laughs> yeah. I ate like four yeah. sandwiches. Well, I was like, oh, they're burnt. They're like crispy. And I'm like, well, if I just drown them in caramel and chocolate and strawberry preserves, then I can eat them. And you did. I did. I didn't like it, though, but I did it. That's like, why I literally I ate all the chips. I just ate everything. Man, I'm glad you weren't here in my room. You'd have ate all my fucking ramen noodles and all my cans of food. And I cooked ramen too somehow, and I ate it. Oh yeah, boy, you were you were a fat you you were naughty boy last night. You were playing naughty boy with yourself. Yeah, big time.
to the nightclub where we are the ones holding down the Dixie boy, Bubba. <laughs> I'm your witch doctor, Dirt Castle King, Travis Maxwell Boone. Joined in shotgun by the false Caltwin, your cosmically indifferent pal and confidant, my boy, Caboy. 3-6 Rickles in the house, a.k.a. Stephen Kingpin, a.k.a. <laughs> some other shit. King Natterdays, yeah. <laughs> And tonight, riding bitch, is the owner-operator of Zombie Incorporated, our very own 3D printing magician, and the HPV of podcasting, Old Faithful himself. Now when I walk the streets, kings and queens step aside, every woman I meet, they all stay satisfied. I want to tell you, pretty baby... What I see, I'll make my own And I'm here to tell you, honey That I'm bad to the phone Grand house zombie up in the house, motherfuckers! Whoop, whoop! So I'm going to just pull the curtain back. People who follow us on social media, and you should. Um, we're on Instagram, Slasher, Twitter, which I'm kind of getting a little used to. Um, people be retweeting. Gross. People hey, people be retweeting. So I'm like, cool. Spread the love, man. And we're also on Facebook, so follow us there. Um, not Get a lot of interaction. Get out of my face. <laughs> Everybody knows what, we, what we're going to be talking about tonight if they follow us on there. And if you don't. We've mentioned Stephen King so many times on this show that he he should kind of like how he did for Evil Dead, where he basically was like, "This is the best. You you, you got to follow it." It's like, come on, Stephen, just do 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 that for us. Um, shout out. We got to get him. We got to get him back on the booze and the drugs, and then I think maybe we can we can accomplish it. Yeah, get Stephen King coked out. Get him listening to the nightclub. <clears throat> There's he'll a- love it, dude. I've I've seen I've seen his movie. He'll love it. <laughs> if he's fucked up enough, he'll love it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well well A, A, I don't think he gets fucked up anymore. And B, I think he has thoroughly disowned this movie. Like I, he does not oh. want to talk about it. He mm. does not want to talk about it. Shame That's- on him because it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I, I don't know if he knows what he made, but maybe now, maybe I haven't I haven't seen anything recent, but maybe now he'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, that was good, huh? The funny thing about the nightclub, we've we've mentioned him so many times. We even had an episode that was sort of dedicated to him, um, Hell to the King, which I think is episode 19, significant number in Stephen King's life and stories. So that's why that kind of felt right when we did it. But we've never, believe it or not, I've gone back through the 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 library of the of the midnight rituals. We've never covered a Stephen King film. Mm-hmm. So what better way to introduce the master of horror on the nightclub than by performing a midnight ritual of the film Maximum Overdrive. Hi. My name is Stephen King. I've written several motion pictures. 
But I want to tell you about a movie called Maximum Overdrive, which is the first one I've directed. What the dick is going on around here? A lot of people have directed Stephen King novels and stories. And I finally decided if you want something done right, you ought to do it yourself. Who was driving it? I don't know. It was my first picture as a director, and you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. What is going on? I don't know! I just wanted someone to do Stephen King right. You want a war? You got one. I just want to get the hell out of here. So come and spend some time with me and my friends at the Dixie Boy. Spend some time in the dark. Please don't let us be in the dark. I'm gonna scare the hell out of you. And that's a promise. You're gonna get us in an awful lot of trouble, man. We already in trouble. Maximum terror. Jesus coming and he is. Maximum king. Maybe tomorrow will be our world again. Dino De Laurentiis presents Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. Whenever this came up, I think it might have been because Grindhouse was talking about how much he fucking loved Maximum Overdrive on one of the latest dunes or whoever the fuck knows we've all been mix mashing mix. I can't talk mishmashing. Uh, everyone's been on the fucking dunes. People are just jumping in a nightclub. It's We've like been it, mashing our birds together to make <laughs> one giant pea stream instead oh. of a bunch of little ones. Oh my god! No, it's just, our it's our horror turducken, is what it is. It's a totally horror <laughs> turducken, and it works. It totally works. Yeah, boy, it's our network. Come at us. Is that is that <laughs> the, the come fucking, on us? Come on us. <laughs> It, it, was it was it that though i think so right like grindhouse yeah. was talking about it and i was just like you know what fuck yeah because i want to i wanted to ask y'all about the first time y'all ever saw this movie oh I, boy when, when i first saw it i was young Me and too. i it, it could have been on joe bob's monster vision but i don't think it was i think i saw it just as it's on its own and i remember just I, honestly back then like most things did it scared me so like I was scared of this movie. I didn't see the comical nature of it. I didn't see <laughs> the, the 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 insane like romp from vignette to vignette. Yeah. That, like this movie is barely the absurd human behaviors. <laughs> it's barely held together by by a plot. Um <laughs> but I loved it as a kid and I love it now seeing it seeing it in a different light which I yeah, we're going to dive into. Everyone knows already this is a fucking disaster piece. My first memories of seeing this are actually at my mama's house. That's my dad's mom. And uh, I remember being young and seeing just pieces of this movie and being like, what? (laughs) And it didn't make much of an impression on me. And then years later, I saw it again and watched it all the way through and was like, oh, this is amazing. But yeah, I do remember seeing it like on TV, like on one of those TV channels, whatever. On <laughs> what cable. A, what are them old-fashioned the TV channels? On them old-fashioned television channels, Bubba. Back in the day, Bubba. Grindhouse, man. You, you, you probably you might have went saw this in theaters. 
I didn't see this in theaters, but it was one of my, I think I've talked about my early days of the renting the VCR and going to get a stack of videotapes and the 10 for 10 that we'd always yeah. do yeah. 10 movies for 10 bucks. Yeah. For whatever reason, it ended up in that stack. And the first time I saw it, it was just like, it's a Stephen King story written by Stephen King, directed by Stephen King. Well, <laughs> I have to see this. If you look at this movie and you look, you take it in its totality, what it tells you is that cocaine and alcohol are not necessarily bad things. Um, and they're they're definitely not bad when you, when you mix them together. <laughs> yeah, this so, should I mean, be a PSA. <laughs> well, as Stephen King, he, he calls it a cocaine-fueled nightmare. That's what he calls it. That's why he's disowned it. So it's like, you know, being being somebody who has not used cocaine and all those other things, and I'm like, man, I might have missed out because <laughs> Maximum Overdrive came out of this. So I love this movie. I've loved it since the first time I saw it. Even now, I've watched it twice in the last two days. And it is, it is still fucking legit. It is a legit movie. I mean, and I, I get what it is. I get when it was made. I get who it was made by. And, and it was like fraught with problems and whatever else. And there's definitely some tiny plot holes and whatever else, as in like, there's not really a plot, but still the people in it, the characters, like just how simple they are and how much they just want to like survive to the next minute it's almost like a retelling of your own life. It's like, just, this is, I just, I just want to get by to the next minute and I'm (laughs) going to do, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get by to the next minute. doesn't matter if it's a law rocket launcher or it doesn't matter if it's a, a half wet sleeping bag in a sewer pipe full of piss and shit and whatever else. It's like grindhouse is saying his life is in fucking maximum overdrive all the time. All the fucking time. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Uh, For our first, (laughs) for our first ever Stephen King film, we're going to be covering a film that the man wrote, and directed himself this is tonight's midnight ritual and if you don't know what a midnight ritual is well shut off your engines grab a frosty beer from the coolers of the dixie boy fire off your rocket launcher into the sky if you haven't seen tonight's film cry off now if you haven't seen tonight's film i want you to come in and work for nine hours but only clock in for eight Maximum Overdrive is a 1986 American action comedy horror film written and directed by Stephen King. Loosely based on King's short story, Trucks, which was included in the author's first collection of short stories, Night Shift, this movie follows the events after all machines on Earth, including cars, trucks, radios, drones, arcades, vending machines, etc., become sentient when passing through the tail of a comet. Yeah. The film is King's only film that he wrote and directed. 
It was released in July of 1986 to horrible reviews and garnered two Golden Raspberry Award nominations, one for <laughs> Worst Lead Actor, Blasphemy, and one for Worst Director, Double Dog Dare You Blasphemy, whatever. Starring Emilio Estevez, yeah. the Mighty Duck Man, as Billy, Pat Hingle, who is awesome as fuck, and he's he's Lieutenant Gordon, Jim Gordon, and um, the Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher Batman universe as Bubba Hendershot, Laura Harrington, who was in The Devil's Advocate, uh, she plays um, what's her name? Oh, oh I don't remember. Uh, Brett, Brett, Brett. Yep. Yardley Smith, voice of Lisa Simpson, and John Short, uh, her her husband in the film, play Connie and Curtis, as well as Ellen. McElduff as Wanda June and Halter Graham as Deke. That's the little kid. John D. Ferguson, who acted in My Cousin Vinny, The Swamp Thing Returns, and I Know What You Did Last Summer. He has a role, of course, and uh, Gus Fring himself from Breaking Bad. Juan Carlo Esposito has a cameo. This movie, this movie's got, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's like st- crazy star power. Emilio's the definitely the biggest star, but it's got a lot of character actors and Hell yeah. People who have been around in the genre. Stephen King drove his motorcycle from Maine to Willington, North Carolina, where the, the movie was filmed, in order to be in close proximity with large trucks and to get acquainted with like their sounds and their movements and motions, I guess, to capture it a certain way on, on camera. I, I think I think that's somewhat of, you know, some dedication right there a little bit, even though he was coked out of his mind. He, at least he was kind of being method to a degree. Sure. The soundtrack is composed entirely of fucking ACDC songs, all of which feature on their album, Who Made Who, which I had as a kid. Um, I don't know why my mom bought me that one, but I had Who Made Who as a kid, along with um, Back in Black and I think Dirty Deeds. And there was one other one that I had. It was like I had four ACDC records that I just listened to on fucking repeat. Stephen King apparently was a fan of the band and talked to him and they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll fucking do it. Fuck it. Bit odd, isn't it? Well, it was it was three original right songs. Chaps. Three original songs that were written just for this movie. Who made who? Being basically the title track. That's I mean, you know, um, the rest of the songs were pulled from other albums, but they did put this together and they called it a soundtrack album. So mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was assembled for this movie. Fucking right. a, fucking a, CDC. Well, and one of them, one uh, of them, the song, the song, <laughs> right on. Actually had Bon Scott on it. He was doing, he did the vocals on on Right On. Nice. Yeah. And he had and he had been dead for six years. So I mean his, his job. His yeah. ghost is on this soundtrack. Yep. Damn that right. makes it even more fucking epic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh real quick talking about ACDC. Brian Johnson, stellar job, man. Stellar yep. job coming in and, and really filling the shoes and be, still making a legendary ass band. It's awesome. Oh yeah, bro. Not to discount, you know, the musicians. I'm just saying, like, as a vocalist, when you lose the vocalist, you're probably going to lose a key element of what the band is, depending. But he came right in, and there's probably people out there who listen to ACDC that don't even know there's two different singers. They don't. Yeah. As previously stated, filming took place in Wilmington, North Carolina, in May of 1985. And as also previously mentioned by Grindhouse... King stayed drunk and coked out of his mind for the entire fucking production. He did try to maintain a positive environment for the crew 
because he would rent out or well he showed movies like Godzilla and Night of the Living Dead at a private theater <laughs> screening. He provided free drinks. Um, he did commentary during the films, which that's way ahead of whoever's time. Like who was doing that back then? Right. Like he was calling a wrestling match. And he even participated in golf cart races on the studio lot during downtime. So they were, they were just cutting up. They were having a blast. That sounds like a good, a cool movie to work on. Stephen King originally wanted Bruce Springsteen to play the role of Bill, but producer Dino De Laurentiis, who we might all know, hired actor Martin Sheen's son, Emilio, because he's the Mighty Duck Man. Yep. Hell yeah. This shit I found fucking fascinating. And I'm like, God damn, this guy bit off way more than he could chew. Didn't even know he was doing it. Jock Brandis, the film's gaffer, who worked for producer Dino De Laurentiis on Cronenberg's adaptation of The Dead Zone, was given numerous jobs on the production, including obtaining all the trucks used in the film. And he was the de facto interpreter for the Italian cinematographer Armando Nanuzzi. Mm-hmm. So th- this movie this movie is shot well, I would say, to a degree. I mean, it's not the most it's fantastic. Shot, it's shot well. Yeah. yeah. And you owe that to an Italian. Eh? Yeah. Well, yeah, but for everybody they had in this movie, it's almost, it's borderline a foreign film. If you have to have an interpreter on set, I mean, you're borderline making a foreign film. I mean, not quite, but you're almost there. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Dixie Boy. Yeah, we'll get some spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What's this a Dixie Boy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> he, gets, he gets pissed off. Nanuzi's going mad again. Oh, shit. He starts fucking throwing cappuccinos around and Lamborghinis and shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Dixie Boy truck stop was built alongside US 1774. So it was solely constructed for the purpose of, of this film. This was not a functional gas station. Which Damn. is why they were able to blow the whole fucking thing up in the end, which is just awesome. Beautiful. Epic is beautiful. Yeah. Yep. The scene involving the steamroller was originally much gorier as Stephen King had the effects department place a bag of blood near the head of the boy being run over by the truck. The effect resulted in a glorious head explosion, but censors wanted it axed. So it had to go. But you still you still get – and to, to go back to when I first saw this when I was a kid, I don't remember like a lot of the gore that was in this movie – or is in this movie rather like when they when they played it on TV originally you didn't see nearly as much so right. growing up when I started renting it like on tape or or DVD or whatever I was like holy fucking shit look 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 at all this craziness like it's there, there's some legit gore in this movie for yeah you know. they got some they got some oh definitely sure. yeah yeah definitely I'm in this trivia rundown with a a few little um, cool pieces right here actor Pat Hingle who was awesome in this movie. Uh, playing the Dixie Boy owner, Bubba Hendershot, he moved to Willington after production wrapped, and he lived there until his death in 2009. Really? Yeah. Willington, North Carolina. Okay. He he liked it there, man. And last awesome thing, and this is some nightclub heavy shit, it is because of this movie that Evil Dead became a franchise. Stephen King, like I'd mentioned before, loved the original Evil Dead so much that when he heard Sam Raymond was having trouble making a sequel, he brought this to the attention of producer Dino De Laurentiis, who helped Raimi make Evil Dead 2 in 1987. So yeah. 
there you go. Without Stephen King, yet again, Evil Dead wouldn't fucking be where it's at. He loves that cosmic horror, possession, deadite, ancient, oh, yeah, evil, bro. black magic shit. So Steve, Stephen King's always got his finger on the pulse or his finger on the prostate of everything that is horror. And he just <laughs> he just makes it happen. Yep. Oh. Always makes it happen. Always. Stephen King gives horror its O face. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. <clears throat> Hail to the king, baby. Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. The film opens amongst the stars in outer space, signaling an evil of cosmic origins. Text overlaying the Earth warns us on June 19th, 1987, at 9.47 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Earth passed into the extraordinarily diffuse tail of Rhea M., a rogue comet. According to astronomical calculations, the planet will remain in the tail of the comet for eight days, five hours, 29 minutes, and 23 seconds. So they were able to calculate this shit down to the goddamn second. Yay, science. They were, they were, you see the earth in, in like this stinky green. I just imagine it stinks. <laughs> like the comet yeah. farted on planet Earth. Oh, it's the best. It's the best special effects ever, too. Oh. Yeah, it's like peanut. The, the peanuts in pig pen. Like pig pen walked in and just went. <laughs> wavering, <laughs> the wavering stink thing going on. Like, yep, yeah, okay. Earth stinks now. Great. Okay. That little stinky Earth. <laughs> okay, so the one fatal flaw in this movie. It's only fatal flaw in this otherwise masterpiece of the movie is that we have all these trucks, cars, ice cream trucks, uh, electric knives, video (laughs) games, like everything, everything, ATMs, everything, is that none of these pieces of machinery actually have the mechanical parts to move by themselves. There's, There's no servos, there's no gears, there's like a truck does not have a mechanism that can hold down its own gas pedal. It just doesn't. So it's like whatever's driving these things i i was like i always see them as like some like interstellar or galactic ghost that like sits in the cab of a truck and you know puts on a trucker hat and is like you know popping f and f and just to kind of stay awake and just like driving <laughs> shifting gears and searching whatever else it's and even when i was a kid because like when i was a kid i was like really into rc stuff so it was like wait a minute <laughs> like this this truck does not have a mechanism that would allow it to do this to be like possessed and be like taken over it's my one like global bitch about this whole entire movie. And, but once I get into the movie, I sort of get over it pretty quick, but it's like one fundamental problem. Like there's no mechanism that could actually make this shit work. I I always thought it was funny how the gun just comes up, comes to life too. Just like, Oh, I'm exactly, exactly. Right. Now I'm turning by myself. (laughs) Like I can see people. Yeah. 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 There's what's, what's, what's depressing the trigger. Like what, what is the mechanism that is depressed? So yeah. Okay. Anyway. So I've, I'm off my pedestal. Let's just move the fuck up. I, I like this idea, and it makes me think of like. Th- so I was going to make the argument that this is a cosmic horror movie. By the end of this, um, I like the <laughs> I, I like the idea that the because it, it is by origin, right. but but Grindhouse just added a whole new layer where now I feel like this comet is the result of a chain reaction from throughout space and time of different comets hitting different planets and breaking off different chunks and killing different civilizations. And now at the end of all that craziness, this one low rock 
is flying through space, possessed by the souls of all these dead civilizations. It gets to Earth and it's like, we need a new home. <laughs> like, let's fucking take over the goddamn machines and it's kill off. It's a broom. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interstellar broom. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> at this time in Willington, North Carolina, at the first bank of Willington, Wil- Wilmington, I keep saying it wrong. None other than Stephen King himself tries to withdraw some cash, but the ATM, it just calls him an asshole. <laughs> sugar buns. Come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. Yeah. And cue ACDC and the title card, Maximum Overdrive. As we rock on, a drawbridge begins rising during morning traffic, causing confusion and calamity on the bridge as cyclists fall off their bikes, the vehicles careen out of control, sending people through windshields. The best the best part is the goddamn truckload of fucking watermelons. The flying oh, watermelons. Yep, the flying watermelons is awesome. Like death by watermelon. It's awesome. <laughs> death yep. from above. <laughs> yeah. And it's a fucking melon. I mean, you, you got you got like fucking people slipping in watermelons. People, yeah, careening down on them. The watermelon truck itself flips the fuck over. It's like what's, God. What's damn. the guy? What's the guy say to the? I don't know. Shut bridge. up, you goddamn stupid asshole! Can't you see we got a situation here? <laughs> yeah, bro. The bridge, the bridge controllers. Yeah, they're yeah, the best. Uh, that's, I'm like, God damn. And that oh, guy, yeah. the way he yells when he falls falls down when his truck's going down the middle of the bridge and falls into the water. He's like that yell. Oh <laughs> yeah, it falls him all the way down after <laughs> after after he breaks off the rear end trying to like get traction. And it's just Dude, like, like I, mean, I laughed so hard when the back end fell off. <laughs> you break you break off your whole rear axle and they're like, well okay, I guess we're done going anywhere. Yeah. I like he had a chance. There was a moment where he could have made it, but he just was he was indecisive and he just couldn't quite do it. Yeah, I was yeah. donkey high watching this, and it was a blast. <laughs> Elsewhere, a Happy Toys semi-truck with a green goblin face adorning the grill pulls into the Dixie Boy truck stop. The driver, Andy, or Handy, I don't know what they Andy. say, uh, goes inside for a cup of coffee while the waitress, Wanda June, fumbles on the radio, which is no longer working. I can't get Pete Turkey on this thing. Did Pete y'all- Turkey, that was, a good, that was a good line. I love the way people talk in this movie. I wish it was I wish it was realistic and people really spoke in these ways. I don't give a ladybug. Yeah. Horse pucky. Yeah. <laughs> Just as the game room starts going haywire, spitting out coins and cigarettes to a young Gus Fring, Billy the Cook gets called into his office by the boss man. That's motherfucking goddamn Cat Hangle. Yeah, he he's he's so fucking awesome in this movie, dude. Yeah, he is. Like I don't I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I think he might be the biggest fuckhead I've ever met. Oh, he's a piece of shit. Don't get you, me wrong. sir. Oh, without a doubt, the biggest fuckhead I've ever met. <laughs> Outside, one of the mechanics is fueling up the goblin when the hose shuts off, and of course, 
he fucking looks right into it. <laughs> like, bro. Like on Looney Tunes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, the Riri music comes in and brings big Riri energy in the best way possible. Yeah, he gets a fucking eye full of diesel because he's an idiot. Um, this other mechanic calls into Hendershot, the owner that we just met, but he's not even, he don't even give a shit. He's not, he's not concerned. He's like, I got to wipe everybody's ass around here. Yeah. It's a shitty job, but somebody's got to do it. Ain't that right, Ain't that right Bubba? Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is so that cool. all? Flush his eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just diesel fuel will make you blind, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> right, just flush his eyes. The reason Hendershot was calling Billy into his office was to blackmail the young man who is currently out on parole. But Henderson, he had eggs on. He had eggs on. You know, I got eggs on. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Why did you mind, mind them eggs? Mind yeah. them eggs for Bubba. <laughs> yeah. Henderson wants him to work for nine hours, but only get paid for eight. It's either that or go back to jail. So Billy reluctantly agrees to this. And Hendershot laughs insanely with a lit cigar in his mouth, like the best oh, movie villain. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big, big cartoon yeah, character it, energy. It, 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 your ass belongs to me. It belongs to the state of North Carolina. <laughs> yes, sir. He's got the best line deliveries in the whole fucking movie. He really yes, he does. does. Yes, he does. Yep. Pat Hingle choose the scenery every time he's on screen yeah. this, this guy is the goddamn best oh yeah meanwhile wanda june is trying her best to fill billy's orders and that's when the electric knife turns on out of nowhere because of cosmic ghost goes rabid and fucking cuts her arm the fuck up <laughs> And even as it falls onto the floor, it continues trying to slice like everybody the fuck around it until Billy comes up with the hammer, fucking takes bonks care it. of that shit. Bonks it till it dies. It gets a good bonking. Nail it. At back Nail in the malfunctioning game room, Gus Frame is entranced by one of the arcade machines and the light patterns. And when he touches it, he's electrocuted to death. If only yeah. it would have blown up and like half his face would have been fucking... <laughs> That would have been that would have been better. You've been like, God damn! Mate. I think that I and think that, effect or something. I think that I think that arcade game was actually Tempest, like the original Tempest game. But I think oh, they shit. changed they changed the labeling and called it like I think it was like Star Castle or something like that. But yeah, I think yeah, it was actually Star Tempest. Castle. I think it was actually nice. Tempest. Yeah. I just so. like the fact that he touches the cabinet and it electrocutes him. <laughs> Like, well that goes There's back no to the reason whole, for it these machines <laughs> right. can't do that i'm like i'm thinking if you made a video game and it electrocuted people it probably wouldn't be super popular so it, it, have it's to, like, like it's like i touched my desk but since there's a computer on it it shocked me to death but all i did was touch all i did was touch the wood top of my desk it's it so just, doesn't make can sense you reenact it? can you reenact it rickles can you just go, uh, and go at the end <laughs> this is one of the best scenes in the fucking movie right here oh absolutely hey oh, bro he what? had the right idea but he just had to touch that game bro well but when he stood up though and he was like his whole shirt is like packed with quarters and packs of cigarettes and he's yeah. just like <laughs> i'm I, I I living life a, i then, thought a grindhouse i was like yeah there's grindhouse he's <laughs> getting out of there <laughs> wow but okay then he, turns, well. then he turns around and he fucks up I know you wouldn't have done that, bud. I, no. I, 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 
I don't I think Grindhouse would have got entranced by the by the by the light of the arcade. Ah. <laughs> uh, it's a hard. Know, it's a. It's a hard. Maybe it's a hard. Maybe, maybe. nostalgia yeah. would have kicked in, and he'd have been like, "I'm ten years old again, and I'm in an arcade, and I'm going to yeah. play." And, and I'm pl- and I'm playing Tempest. That's been relabeled as a different game, so we don't have to get the licensing. Yeah, that's perfect. Now, now he's now he's sinking his teeth in. No, I meant I meant I meant the upcoming scene for me is one of the best scenes in the film. Um, not far from the Dixie Boy. A boys' baseball game is reaching its end when the coach offers to buy everyone sodas. Yeah, he does. Yep. Yes, he does. Sodas. I'm buying. I'm buying. The soda machine. The dialogue is so perfect. Well, oh, there's what? one, there's one kid that just goes, what the hell? Like, yeah, I mean, bro. I, like, like, are you just noticing there's a problem now? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the coach goes up to the soda machine and it becomes its own rocket launcher, almost like a... Uh, a, a, a preface to what's coming later. Shit! Just shooting, <laughs> just shooting soda cans left and but right. The sounds the coach makes. The, yeah. Oh. Yeah, bro. It oh. takes him down. It hits him in the gut. Then oh. he's just like the groin, the gut, and then the head. Yeah, bro. Yeah, dude. That shit kills him. I think he died. Oh, he died. It's it's fucking insane force that this thing is fucking shooting at. It starts like rocket firing soda cans across the whole ballpark field hitting all the kids it takes out all the kids which, except two which, which makes me laugh a lot i it's, do enjoy seeing that it's the best all these fuck like, them kids you don't know what <laughs> i don't even know them but fuck them you don't know they, they, they don't know what's going on and the, the, like there's there's two little boys left and one of them's trying to get away on his bicycle and then a motherfucking steamroller breaks through the fucking oh. fence and that that's yeah. when what we talked about in the trivia is where like it and later for me when i when i saw it originally on tv they didn't go as far as they did like in, in the final edit where you actually see the little boy get run over by the steamroller including his head but they right. cut they cut right away before you could get stephen king's bag of blood right before you get well, that they, pop. They cut the yeah, they cut the bag of blood, but they left the sound in there where you hear that just that crunch at the end where it's like, and it's just yeah. like, okay, I think I know what just happened. Yeah, that's some glorious shit right there. That's man. But then our, our 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 half hero Deke, because I'm gonna I'm gonna say that like through this movie, Deke is a half hero. He's definitely sure. a half hero. You follow, like he's, you do follow him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because well, he goes to check on the coach, and I don't know why, but he's got a catcher's a catcher's mask handy, and just like throws the catcher's mask on, and he's like, coach, 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 and then the the vending machine just goes absolutely ape shit and just starts i mean just goes like full automatic and just is like with like pop cans and he's like yep time to go you know what i think i think it's that damn rock and roll tv look at what that stuff does to people sex drugs losing your immortal soul oh god that civilization's about to take the big flush you think newspapers are any better you know what ain't newspapers gonna save this world ain't tv i'm telling you right here and now Another scene chewing motherfucker is the salesman. The Bible salesman. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, this fucking guy. You get you get yep. him and a hitchhiker driving towards the Dixie Boy and they pick One up a One step at a time, sweet Jesus. That's what he's singing. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's singing. <laughs> <laughs> As he's as he's hauling down the road, putting his hand on this on this young lady's thigh the whole time, he's yeah. getting he's like, getting awful handsy. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, apparently Jesus is down with that. So Jesus okay. is just all right with me. Yeah. Molestation. Um, Molest- oh, no. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know how old she is. Um, <laughs> they pick up a faint radio signal that warns that civilians need to be aware of strange occurrences happening all over the world and to stay off of any highways before they lose the broadcast. So you would think yep. the space ghosts would just turn off all the radios in the whole world too. Space ghosts. While they're at it. Coast, coast to coast. coast. Great show. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. You would think you would think the machine spirits would just be like, nah, yeah. you motherfuckers don't yeah, get the radio. Last, the last little bit of gargle is if you're on or near a major highway, get away at once. Get away at once. And then she starts kicking the radio and she's like, hey, what's wrong here, sweet thing? You know? <laughs> and she's like, Pulling over there, and she's like, and if you put your hand on my leg again, you can be wiping your ass with a hook. Then with a hook, yeah. Dump. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. like, I love like, that line. I never heard no talk like that when I was a boy. And then they just go, then they go flying into the Dixie boy. I like you how know? that's relevant. I never heard no talk like that when <laughs> I was a boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, how is that relevant to anything? <laughs> you were just being situation. a pervert. He's trying to flip the script on her, man, and make her seem like the fucking bad person. But he, he's he. He's a pervert. What, what, what yeah, else can yeah, I so, so how far down the road do you go in there, sweet thing? As far <laughs> as you'll... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> depends, depends on how long you can keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when they pull into the Dixie Boy, too, he starts fucking yelling at her outside, and that's when that's when the Green Goblin truck revs the fuck up and takes off, trying to fucking hit him, and a, a few of the patrons inside the Dixie Boy, like, whisk him away real quick, which I love. I love that even the machine ghosts are like, fuck this guy. Right. Well, fuck him. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And I, one of the things with like the, the eyes with the green goblin, and I don't know why this popped into my head, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure those are not DOT approved headlights. Right. I, I just, right. Those like, red I don't, lights. I, I don't think that's going to get you very far going down the interstate. You'd be like looking out the window going, where the fuck am I going? <laughs> I, I can't see shit. I just, but I thought that was part yeah. of the, I thought that was part of the cosmic evil. No, I think so too. It just was one of those things where, like, in my head, it was like, <laughs> right. "This is not meeting regulations." This ain't DOT. Correct, yeah. This ain't DOT regulation. We're gonna have to call the heavies in and search the truck for marijuana. Oh yeah, my god! Exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna sit there and it, it revs you up. Boys, and, and, you boys, you boys, been smoking marijuana in this yeah. truck. <laughs> yeah, well, it goes back to the. Are you on something? Yeah, right. Yeah, like he says to her. Right. Then, yeah. Yeah. But then Joey's sitting there like he's pumping that he's pumping that rig full of fuel because um, apparently he's like the second guy to have to gas up this truck in the movie because the one guy was doing it first. And now you got Joey doing it. Yeah. It's like we didn't quite get it the first time. Yeah. But then he goes like it ain't full yet. And then it just kind of pops off. And then to Travis's point, people pull that guy out of the way and then everyone gets into the fucking diner. And then it's like everyone's talking about, you know. Again, Handy's rig, like the the best like horror movie. Name, Handy, my name is just Handy. It's just awesome, <laughs> you know. And it's like that. That's your rig, isn't it, Handy? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, who's driving? And he's like, I don't know, but he's got to be a hot wire champion because he's still got right, the key. That's a, good, that's a good line. Yeah, yeah. 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 I from like one, that it's too. A, from one vignette to another, it, it seems people are just driving into the the movie at this point. We, right. get, we get we get the newly married couple who are out and about. The best characters in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love this shit and and this this scene. I remember my dad saying something when we when we watched this when I was a kid. Um, you get Curtis and Connie here, and Connie is again Lisa Simpson. They're driving along. She, I gotta just say while while we're on her, since we're first mentioning her. I just got to say, she is a treasure. 
Yeah. I love her so yeah. much. She's amazing. <laughs> she's annoyingly brilliant. Yes. If that could be a term. Oh, she's a she's a gym. No. <laughs> no, no, he's taking oh, no, his clothes no, off no, now. No, no, uh, uh, uh. Okay. Well, now, now it's, now it's a party at the nightclub. <laughs> Find me in the club. <laughs> in the club. Yes. <laughs> two yeah. of the two of the saddest pairs of chicken breasts I've ever seen in my life. But that's chicken fine. breasts. You know what? Chicken yeah. breasts. <laughs> what you talking about, cut? Yeah. Ooh, ooh. For no reason, I just want a little clip of chicken head. Bark, bark, chicken, chicken, bark, bark, chicken head. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that song? That's the going, shit, bro. Going, going chicken hunting is where I went, but yeah. Oh, yeah, I gotta shit. go ICP. Who's yeah. going chicken hunting? We is going chicken hunting. We find out in this scene that Curtis is into water sports because he wants to watch his new bride yeah. take a piss. Yeah. yeah no, I, you cannot. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. <laughs> It's so good. Curtis, Curtis, yeah, Curtis was being real weird. He's got a Strange. water sports voyeur fetish. <laughs> not not that I'm saying, man. You know what? Let, let me rephrase that. If that's what you're into, that's what you're into. But it's it, seems, weird. it seems like a strange thing to come up on your wedding day, too, though. Like, Yeah, all of a sudden. Like, oh, all I, of a sudden. Would, you're stuck yeah, with me I now, would, bitch. I asked, yeah, well, I would have <laughs> asked that question. Yeah, I would have asked that question the day before the wedding. <laughs> right, that's right, what you're right. into. Yeah, right. Should've, they should have found this that. out a yeah. long time ago. <laughs> so, golden showers, yay or nay? Yeah, I mean, you should have. Right. Yeah, that, that, you that, that should have been. Yeah, that okay. should have been a that should have been a prenuptial right. kind of thing. Yep, right. I agree. Yep. <laughs> Connie has to pee, so they 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 stop at a gas station, and right away, Curtis sees a dead body, and this is Curtis. Yeah. Is he dead? Yeah. <laughs> the first, the first of here of her ear piercing screams. Just the like, just yes. yeah. And then within within three minutes, not even three minutes of that, you know, he's checking this dead guy out, and then you hear that, and there's a truck, big ass fucking. I don't even. I don't know if it's a Mack truck, but Mack truck will suffice for this, you know. And he he does the old bob and weave and dodges out of the way, and then she's like, Curtis. Are you dead? Like, right. I like what she like asked him. He just, he just asked the same question like a minute and a half ago like, like of another guy who was obviously dead. You know my, what my oh. dad? What my dad said when we saw this movie together, right when the scene happened, and she's like, "Curtis, are you dead?" My dad was like, "Yes." How he's supposed to answer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, say yes, like, just yes, and like walk around the building and keep going. Right, <laughs> it reminds that. me. It reminds me of House by the Cemetery. After the babysitter's head gets cut off and it's down in the basement and the little boy, the the best boy, Bob, the (laughs) best boy ever, goes to tell his mom about the headless babysitter in the basement. And she's like, oh, no, she's not dead. And she's like, there, let's go get her. And so they open up the (laughs) basement and the little boy's response is, mom says you're not dead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the little. boy just straight up saw her head rolled out the fucking stairs <laughs> bob is the best even though he's bob not. It, bob is the best we got to cover that one day anyway one day, oh one day we will do the lucia falci gates of hell trilogy don't you yeah. don't you even worry Fuck i, I want to say in, in this scene like right before the the kate the, the curtis are you dead i like the touch where um 
Curtis is investigating the station and he notices that the clock atop the entrance is spinning backwards. Yeah. I just thought backwards. that was, yeah. I thought, I thought that was really cool, but yeah, Curtis almost get, gets killed by that fucking Mack truck and they end up hitting the road right as the truck starts back up again. So they're, they're fucking out of there. And, and yeah. she's driving and she's screaming, screaming at the same time. Fucking <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Swerving all over. It's, it's glorious. It's some glorious stunt driving she pulled off. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, the other way, the other way. Jesus Christ, honey. And she's like, you know, I can't drive when you're yelling at me, Curtis. Honey, you stop that, Curtis. No, I can't drive when you're me. So you guys have been here before. This is, goes back to the whole prenuptial thing. Was this a good idea in the first place? Probably not. Yeah. It's always back to contracts with this son of a bitch. Oh, hell um, Right. <laughs> <laughs> as per, as mentioned before, um, the the patrons inside the Dixie Bar are, are questioning like what the fuck just happened because the the, the Happy Toys truck went on its own, and uh, yeah, Champagne Hot Wire Champagne. Mm-hmm. Billy goes inside of the Green Goblin truck to see if anyone was driving it, but instead he gets jump scared by a Green Goblin in a Jack in the Box. Pretty awesome. He then gets spooked by the hitchhiker Brett while the goblin truck eavesdrops on their conversation with its rearview mirrors. <laughs> what the fuck, movie? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, can't, can't I just listen? I have to watch, too. <laughs> the truck is perving on them while they're macking on each other. And back in town, the sole survivor, Deke, of the baseball-filled Soda Pop Massacre, rides his bike through the neighborhood streets to water sprinkling <laughs> water sprinklers going like way too hard <laughs> yeah, just going straight into the fucking air this whole this whole scene goes way too hard bro, to be honest and i mean i was probably just too high at this point but i was like <laughs> god damn why isn't this kid just like beating feet already oh bro the I'd sprinklers dude the off. dead dog i was like oh you got you got you got you got, you got dead bodies on porches hanging out of windows yeah, cars crashing the telephone poles dead people in the hedges and a corpse of a dog with a toy cop car going off in its mouth yeah oh. and also though no fewer than two people that were killed by their walkmans there right. Two people that were killed by their walkman. They were listening to Who Made Who like I was. Yeah, I like, was like why the fuck does <laughs> yeah, a walkman bro. kill you? I mean, like, 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 they had they had two people, one guy on a porch swing, and then another person, like, laying in the lawn with their walkmans were open and covered in blood, and they were just, like, dead. And it's like, I had a walkman. It never tried to kill me. I'm pretty right. sure of that. You know? <laughs> I mean, it taught me some bad things, but it never tried to kill me. <laughs> you know? And then there was, a, there was a chick hanging out of a window, like a second-story window that got killed by her hairdryer. I really like I really like how they go to they complete that scene with from the view of the window where he sees her too. I thought that was cool looking. Oh, looking out, yeah, that was cool, definitely. Right. Yep. While the yep. song's playing, and it just that's Armando. That was just a nice little touch, right? Right. You could think no, I, I did. I did appreciate the camera work in this movie. Italian. Quite a bit. I like I like that when he's that's dr- that when, Italian flair, bro. Yeah, I like that when Deke's riding through the neighborhood. You also hear that radio broadcast coming in again where right. it's where it's telling people like it's machine, happening everywhere the machines right. are on a homicidal rampage now like this is what's yeah. happening so and it's everywhere like it's yeah like, and then Yo, you this see is the... moscow japan fucking, worldwide yeah. worldwide homicidal Start rampage. worldwide yeah and then you see the, <laughs> well, and then you see the ice cream the ice cream truck coming in the neighborhood i mean if, and if you can think of anything more innocent and more pure than the right. ice cream truck 
Yeah. You know, but then you see it, and it's like got splatters, like blood splatters all over the I thought end. it was a nice touch, too. I was like, that's yeah. on the nose, but I, I see you. I see you yeah. there. I like it. All the blood splatter on the ice cream truck. The ice cream truck does come through. Like, the, like Deke hears it from, from down the block, and he's like, oh, shit, he hears the jingle. He hides right. out in the bushes, and as the truck heads out of sight, a push mower roars to life and gives chase. Yeah. The push mower scene... Um, it was one of the scenes that like Stephen King was very, very adamant about having in the movie and having a certain angle and being able to see the twirling lawnmower blades. Right. And everybody, everybody on the set was like, this might not be super safe. And he's like, no, we got to see the lawnmower blades. And then the funny part is you watch a movie, you never see the fucking blades anyway. So it's like, never it, was see just, them. it was like pointless anyway. But so the principal cinematographer, Armando, what is this? Nanuzi? Yeah, the director of photography. Um, he was he he was filming this like shot down low, and they had the the lawnmower propped up on a wooden block so you could theoretically see those spinning lawnmower blades. Well, the piece of wood that it was propped up in, one of the lawnmower blades hit the piece of wood and sent a splinter of wood into this guy's eye, and mm-hmm. so he gets hit in the eye. They don't stop filming, but they 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 sort of haul him off and they helicopter him off to like a a trauma center somewhere in Raleigh, North Carolina. And then in the end, he ends up losing his eye anyway. As a cinematographer, yeah. he lost a he, he like sacrificed an eye to this movie. I mean, I it for as far as the actors go and the special effects and whatever else, I'm thinking that this guy probably gave the most to the movie. Oh, oh yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely yeah. he gave the most. And, yeah, but and, like and you'll like this. He sued their ass off. Too. Yeah, he sued their asses. Yeah, for like 18 million bucks, and yeah. then like they settled for an undisclosed sum, but. That guy kept working, but he also he also thought that he was never he was never up for like the bigger roles in cinematography because he was a one eyed director that had no depth perception, right? So uh, or cinematography director anyway. So it's like and he, but he just kept going, kept doing his thing. But it's like to think about this movie and to think about like a fellow human being lost an eyeball <laughs> to this movie. It's wild. It's like wow. I mean, just like shit. Like I I've never it's, sacrificed that much for anything. It's <laughs> worth it. I, I, it's probably, probably, it's probably, yeah. yeah. At the Dixie Boy, the salesman goes through his spiel, uh, which it turns out, yeah, he is a Bible salesman. He's selling them on this Bible here. It's for you oh, and yeah. everything else. He tries to um, hawk a couple of Bibles, and the blinded mechanic is now trying to go find his son, which we find out is Zeke, Deke. So Deke. it's Duncan and Deke. Duncan yeah. and Deke. Yep. One of the semis comes to life and completely obliterates this blind mechanic and then crashes into the salesman's car. This sends him running outside, screaming at the truck, assuming a drunk person is behind the wheel. Like, I love how that's his assumption. Goddamn right. drunk or whatever he says. Oh, oh his, yeah, his goes, lines there are priceless. He literally, he's sitting at the, he's sitting at the table and he's like, he sees this. He's looking out the window, but he's still doing his pitch, but he's leaning towards the window, like watching what's happened. He just goes... <laughs> Hot sucker! Like I don't know what a hot yeah. sucker is, but it's awesome. <laughs> and he's like, "Son of a bitch!" And he stands up and he's like, "I don't want bitch!" And he's like, "Goes up right. he's, yeah, like, he's, he's like, he's like, come on over here! I'm gonna tear him off, boy!" And he's like, "Yeah!" And he goes like, "You drunk son of a bitch!" And he's just pissing him on, and he's like, "You puss bag!" And blah blah blah. And then the thing finally like backs up and fucking blasts yeah, his ass. The, the Green the Goblin truck does. It gets mad yeah. at him and it backs yeah. up into him and sends him flying into the fucking like. The, the ditch like he's in he's in that nasty water now cuz well and it knocks him it knocks him out of his shoes which which i found interesting because 
if you read the story Stand By Me and then you like watch it or if you read the story The Body and then watch the movie Stand By Me, there's a bit that there's a big long conversation about the kid being knocked out of his kids, like he was knocked out of his shoes. It's like I wonder <laughs> if I, I wonder if they made a point of that, like it maybe wow. even like before it's time. Because then, like later, when you see the trucks going, one of the trucks runs over that guy's shoe. Yeah, like nice. so. So I don't, I don't know if it was a point, but like I'm a, I'm a geek, so like I picked up on that. So hell yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, I, I think it's canon now. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna say it's canon. <laughs> Hendershot is trying his CB radio to reach out for help, and other men bring the blind mechanic's body downstairs. <laughs> He's dripping all over the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! At this point in time, a complete chorus of trucks and their engines turning over is happening outside. Like all the trucks oh, yeah. are coming alive. Every truck starts driving in a circle around the fuel pumps. A ritual ride around the nectar of life for these demonic mechanical space fiends. Like this yeah. shit is going down right now. Because Curtis and his wife yeah. witness a grand convoy opposite them, <laughs> opposite them on the highway. Before being run down by a tractor trailer, good scene. Like I thought, yeah. this was really well shot with the the, the the chase, and it manages to catch them, like at breakneck speeds, bumping their rear several times before a smart evasive maneuver. I'll give Curtis credit there. Dodges the giant truck and causes it to jump a barricade on an off ramp and explode in a junk heap of fucking flames. Because every car has to yes. explode. In a fucking yes. movie, yep, yep, explodes, yes. explodes for no reason. And just, and just prior to that, he just goes, "Cars out of gas, he's, boom!" He's, <laughs> he's gripping the steering wheel. He's, he's almost got his chin on it. He's like, "I think I just loaded my pants." <laughs> like the great fucking line, just uh yeah. They get to the Dixie Boy and see the semis driving in circles, and they fucking try to make it through. And they, but god damn it, they get clipped and completely flip on their top. So they're yeah. they're like flipped completely over. Billy and Brett run out there and they rescue them. And then this is awesome. Hendershot whips out a fucking rocket launcher, a real yeah. one. Stick this one up your home six. I don't even know what that line means, but it's awesome. <laughs> Dude, he blows up two semi trucks. Like he just yeah. goes ham. Oh yeah. When, while every machine in the world is going into maximum overdrive, Billy comforts Brett. The blind mechanic's son is still making his way to the Dixie Boy, and he avoids a, a plane, a fucking airplane. Is trying to like what the hell was that? On? Like, <clears throat> like a plane flying to opera? I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was still awesome. Just, just. Well, and then, and then later you see the plane, and it's sticking out on top of a school bus. Like it just went into a school yeah, bus. Like, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joey, one of the mechanics, is shitting, literally, and he divul- divulges to Billy, who comes in there like, hey, what the fuck's going on around here? Why is Hendershot got all these, like, rocket launchers? <laughs> he's like, there's a treasure trove of weaponry downstairs. Like, And Hendershot catches Brett and Billy going through all this, and he, he, he thinks he has the upper hand, but, it, dude, we're beyond this at this point. They threaten him, and he fucking rolls the fuck out. He leaves him to it. And I like it when he's going upstairs. He's like, God damn it, Joey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I told you to keep an eye on them keys. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah. Deke arrives shortly thereafter and tries to sneak past the trucks using the sewer pipe or the, the drainage canal, whatever. And he, he can't get the grating off quite yet. 
So that night, Billy and Brett have a sweaty sex romp. I mean, they oh, are yeah. just it's sweaty. It's licking sweaty. sweat yeah. off each other. I mean, yeah, it's gross. Very strange. It's, it's swamp ass sex. Yeah, and they're both fucking down with it. So and the, and the night and the night sky is glowing that fart that comet fart. I mean, right. it's just the comet fart just, green. Yeah, the yeah. northern lights, but like in North Carolina, because you can see those from there. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I think? What? I think it's a comet. You know, we've been in its tail for almost 12 hours. And if it is that comet that's making everything go crazy, then all we gotta do is stay alive for the next seven days. (laughs) No problem. (sighs) I got an idea. The lovemaking gives Billy an idea to escape to an island off the coast called Haven, where no automobiles of any kind are allowed. How convenient. There's a it's lot not- of convenience in the in the plot of this movie, but I like it. <laughs> well, yeah, but but then they start hearing they start hearing the screams of the bio, the Bible salesman from the ditch, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, well, they try they try to use the jukebox, it explodes. Yeah, Wanda June is drunk and she runs outside yeah. screaming, "We made you! Oh, you yeah. can't do this. We made you!" Yeah, the electricity for the the Dixie Boy gets it, it gets cut off. It's like flickering. It gets it gets cut off. The semis, they're all honking away in their circle of fucking death. Yep, and that that that's when later in the night they hear the the Bible salesman screaming yep. and begging for fucking help, which is kind of fucked up. Like. And he sound he sounds fucked up. Yeah. And you, you, yeah, he. Well, yeah. well, back to back to Yardley Smith though, and, and like all of her great lines in this thing. And she's like, when Curtis is like, "Honey, there's a man laying hurt out there." And she's like, "There's gonna be a man laying hurt in here if you don't quit this foolishness." I like what she tells him. Don't make me a widow on my, on my wedding, wedding day, day, Curtis. Absolutely, yeah. So they go out, they go through the shower drain, and they get out in that fucking ditch, and then. The the kid the kid is Deke has now found the Bible salesman and he's like pull me pull me <laughs> like oh, you're, too, yeah. you're too heavy get me out of this ditch or by Jesus I'll kill you and like and then the guy like twelve seconds later just goes this dies he dies <laughs> he was and already so, done he was yeah. done for yeah well that's yeah. where they have the the floating piss soaked sleeping bag that they're going through the the, <laughs> the underground tunnels and he's like I wonder how many people have peed in this. Like, everybody that came here ever that's that's who's paid this when they get back with with d2 like billy billy don't fuck around he grabs the rocket launcher and he fucking destroys the semi himself yeah yeah but wasn't it around wasn't it a beer truck though that can't even be sad i think it was a beer truck oh (laughs) yeah like oh Uh, it was miller light so who cares but i mean it was still a beer truck so (laughs) it still counts in this situation i will drink any fucking thing it still counts it still counts yep i'm right there with you the next morning a small army truck equipped with a machine gun attached to it makes its way to the dixie boy a plow pushes the wreckage from the night before clear out of the way the shit billy blew up and pushes fucking hindershot's car into the goddamn dining room (laughs) So Hindershot launches a rocket off into the plow, and then the machine gun opens fire, killing the goddamn best character actor in the fucking movie. You want a war? You got one. 
While all the patrons are like, they're well, they're getting decimated too. There's some of them that are that are just like, oh shit, they're getting shot, shot the fuck up. Uh, Wanda yeah. June makes her fucking reemergence here with like th- from the rubble and grabs hold of the rocket launcher and she's like we made you again and the machine gun's like fuck you too bitch you're yep. done <laughs> and, she's... and yep. she destroys the, uh, a fucking tanker truck in the in, like by happenstance because she's like dying and sets off the fucking rocket launcher it's chaos like this movie is seriously going crazy like i don't know how people couldn't appreciate this to a certain degree and and then you get morse code via via the right. fucking machine gun mm-hmm. truck it's mm-hmm. like honking this little horn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I guess deke, deke must be a boy scout right yeah he said he got he learned morse code yeah he got a badge in it or he got a mayor badge in it this spring he's like give me a piece of paper and yeah and it's like you must fuel us if you feel us nobody will be hurt like, <laughs> just go like, pretty much yeah and then bill is like well fuck it let's just do it and they're like well why <laughs> And he's like, well, it's like, you see that big bastard out there? Like, tell me why they couldn't like just call on a truck full of napalm and hose this place down. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, oh, and it's just, and then you have that. Why don't they just launch all the nukes in the world? If that's what they want. Exactly. Like, if that's what they would strategically want to do to wipe out humans. If they have the ability, yeah. But, but you know, the hard part is, though, most circuitry in the world, if that's what they love, most circuit, most circuitry in the world is not, is not rad hardened. So it would all be dead anyway. Mm. you'd have you'd have a barren planet full of like you'd have but, one one truck driving around looking for its friends going where's all my homies at right. <laughs> Not, like, no. but, oh everybody dead like literally everybody dead everybody but dead, to emilio's yeah. but to emilio's point if this is just something that they send like let's let's say that the aliens are not space ghosts for a second and they just <laughs> sent this comet over here to fuck us over so that they don't have to deal with us you know get rid of it's us a, before they show up it's a broom. then then why wouldn't they do that just nuke know. it all the shit right well because if they don't want the electrics work. right nothing but it, work when they got here though i would assume i would assume they've got their own shit that's probably way more advanced than ours anyway and they're just gonna come set up shop oh that's a good point though yeah it would just turn into a star wars movie and they, they bring down their own speeder bikes and shit like that they just flat out right like, mm, yeah. they're just they're just jetsons now on our yeah. planet like yeah, Fuck all much. that old shit, you know. Spacely. <laughs> yeah. Billy makes his way outside, making sure to cover the body of Wanda June, and approaches the machine gun, like kind of like, "Oh, not me, bro." Right. It keeps its sights focused. <laughs> it keeps its sights focused on him, and Billy has a chat with the Green Goblin. All right, you bastard. Tell all your friends main lines open. I got the best shit on the East Coast, practically uncut. You got that fuck face? And you yeah. get the longest fucking scene of the movie. This is mind-numbingly long. After hours and hours of filling up truck after truck yeah. with more pouring in off the highway constantly, they run out of diesel, and Billy has a standoff with one of the trucks that pushes him towards the underground storage tanks of fuel. He figures it out, and he hooks the tanker to it, and the source below begins to flow again. So the trucks are still getting fucking fed. Well, there's a point where he talks about we got the best shit on the East Coast, practically uncut. And I'm like, yeah, he does tell the truth. Is he, that. is he talking about gas or like cocaine? 
Yeah, he's like, a, well, like, it, it makes you think like he he must have been a drug dealer before, like when he got arrested right. or something. He's got he's got he's got the lingo down. Well, but that, well that, that's the hard part though, is because he was a he was a fucking petty criminal. If you go back way back into the movie, like yeah yeah, he was just he was like coming out of a, like a drugstore or a grocery store, and he had, and he just he was like the most petty fucking criminal ever, and he just was like ended up in prison and then on parole for like next <laughs> enough next to nothing, you know. So I'm just they, gonna go ahead and say it now. It's almost like whoever wrote and directed this movie <laughs> was fucked up the whole time <laughs> and didn't think a lot of shit through and just was like, I'm just going to do it. And they just did it. And I, lo- <laughs> I love it for what it is, but yeah, like you could pick this shit apart. Oh God. There ain't nothing left. I it's, almost, it's almost like I, saying the line where he put it in there, but that it's, it's the best on the coast and uncut. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you that know, is incredibly accurate. Yes. It's King, almost it's King almost like someone shit. was fucked up and just was watching a bunch of Looney Tunes and decided I'm gonna make a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he, and he was and, he, and it was fucking snow blind. He was just absolutely right. snow blind the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll interject this in here now, where this is part of the trivia I left out. It's speculated that George A. Romero, who was on set for a lot of the movie, was kind of ghost directing this film while King was fucked up. Damn. That's a speculation. There's a rumor. Billy takes a break from burning in the sun and gets a sponge bath from Brett. And this is when he speculates that whatever's happening must be the result of some alien species trying to find a new place to live. And so they sent a plague down upon the earth to rid it of humanity before they move in. That's what we've been talking about. But this is when it happens. It's a broom. It's It's a broom. broom. It's a broom. Imagine you're you're a race of aliens, right? And you're looking for a new place to live. So you're looking for a planet. Like you and I, you know, like, like we'd look for a new place to live. New house or something. So here's Earth. Well, it's like this big old house. And it's kind of polluted. Dirty and smoky. Grease on the walls. Soot in the chimney. And they send in. Their interstellar house cleaners sent in their broom. Sweep us all up. That's what it is, broom. Using our own machines. Sweep us right off. He devises a plan to escape the hungry machines, and the plan begins when Billy drops a grenade right in the machine gun truck, blowing it to fucking pieces. Yep. Hell yeah. Never seen a hero with his ass in the air like that before. <laughs> dialogue. <laughs> dialogue. Oh, yeah. Man. Just like fucking just peak awesomeness dialogue. <laughs> that night, every one of the Dixie boys slowly crawling through the drains. The same one that Deke fucking broke in through, they're basically breaking out through. <clears throat> and they're making it out across the highway. Don't they drop wa- me now. I'm very delicate now. <laughs> <laughs> the, and the guy's just like, 
look at him and says like, bitch, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> just stop talking. <laughs> Oh my She's too, Yardley Smith, shut the fuck up. Yeah. They watch on as all the trucks circling the station suddenly turn on it, demolishing the whole fucking place. So yeah, that's that's when you get this big epic. Yeah, this was built for the purpose of the film, and now we're going to make it explode into a wreckage of fucking flames. Some oxygen tanker blows up. It, it this is the best. This is the best fucking like rampage in the movie, in my opinion. Like uh, yeah. it's just chaos. I love the dump truck taking out the uh oh, yeah. yeah the big awning thing yeah right yeah, yeah. And I always always even as a kid I always liked it that just that scene a lot just it's just <laughs> I like yeah, I like the, the bulldozer going over Curtis's car just back and yeah, forth well, back yeah, and just true. turn it into fucking shreds and it's just like <laughs> they had too back, much you can still see the the just oh, made yeah. still when he was going yeah you know yeah. they had fun with this shit <laughs> led by Billy armed with a rocket launcher the Dixie clan make it to the closest Marina as the green goblin truck gives chase passing a school bus with a small engine plane sticking out the top of it. <laughs> okay. But what, don't forget the scene where they, they, they get across the gully and they're, and they're walking and they're, they're getting places and they, they come up on that diner and there's a diner, right? And it has like a, like an automated message board for ordering when it starts going, Humans, humans here, here. here. Humans, humans here. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, the kid, and, and the kid is just like, this is for my dad, you're not enough, son of a bitch. And just sprays the thing, and he's like, you know what? I don't want this anymore. I'm done. Like he, got, like, he got his little piece of revenge, and he just, like, he felt good and just didn't need to do it anymore. It was just, Cur- oh. Curtis, he, he blows up the fucking ice cream truck from earlier, like, right after that. Well, Curtis tries. Curtis tries because he has an Uzi. Brett pops up with her, with her like full-on legit like side-fed machine gun. Just goes, <clears throat> just goes. <clears throat> and like- she gives she gives him that little look. She gives him that little look like you know what? If you weren't married, I'd fuck you. And then, <laughs> and then they kind of keep going. There's that look. If you watch that movie, there's that look. She's like, I would ball you right now if the situation was not so bad. I would just. Oh shit! I would give you all. I, I'd let you fist me. You can piss in my mouth. You can do oh, whatever no. you want to. Whoa! Oh, yeah. Water sports oh, yeah. all day, Curtis. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta watch right. it. Watch it again and look. Look at the look on her face. She was like, "I would let you have my anal babies." She would totally do that. <laughs> yep. So it's just that look on her face. Like I've seen that look once, twice in my life, and I know what that means. It means anything you want Ricky, right now. Let's just go. You know what Curtis <laughs> was thinking right then and there? What? I'd pee in her butt. <laughs> yeah, he probably yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the goblin races toward them at the marina just before they can escape and one of the patrons this idiot stops to brad. rob a dead woman brad yeah that's brad with her bougie yeah. ass ring yep. and oh, the, yeah. gob- the goblin bougie strikes ass. and kills his ass now blood splattered it aims to kill the entire group but motherfucking emilio oh yeah adios motherfucker Yeah. Yep. Steps in and rocket launchers Green Goblin into fucking, you know, decimation. He's he's done for. So this is it. This is the final scene. Now we're sailing away from the nightmare of the Dixie Boy, and we're told. Oh, that- but but when we're on the dock, though, when we're on the dock, remember remember earlier in the movie when the car crashed, the car got flipped over, 
and Brett pulled out her straight razor and gave it to him. Yeah. And it, was, it was cutting a seatbelt, and she's like, "Mother's helper." Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "I'm cutting this goddamn seatbelt." And she's like, so "Watch out for that thing. That thing looks sharp, whatever else." And at the very end, when he's he's like he's trying to pull the rope off of the dock post, which looks like a really obvious knot, and he should probably just be able to untie it. He's like, <laughs> right. "Brett, mother's helper." Right. And she's like, Poof, she pulls it out again, and he's like, <laughs> I, I, "Something about that scene just was like." It's so over the top, but at the same time, just like it's yeah, part of it. trying to include your lady in the whole thing. I, oh, I, yeah. I, to- I, I totally get it. Yeah, you got to do yeah. it. You yeah. got to do it. Yeah. While they're sailing away, we we get told with more text over because <laughs> you know exposition that a large UFO was destroyed in space by a Russian <laughs> weather satellite. In quotes, <laughs> yep. that right. just so happened to be equipped with a laser cannon and Class Four nuclear missiles. And six days later, we're out of the comet's tail, and the survivors are still survivors. But don't forget about Curtis. I think I'm about to welcome my cookies. Curtis, <laughs> <laughs> when can we get off this boat? You know I get seasick. Oh, I think I'm going to welcome my cookies. That was 1986's Maximum Overdrive in a nutshell. Holy fuck, this movie is, uh, again, balls to the wall. You, you think Stephen King, and if you've, you've read his, his books and you've seen a lot of the film adaptations, you know, you kind of maybe think you know what you're in for, but this is the most off the rails Stephen oh, yeah. King movie of all time. It has Absolutely. To be. Yeah, there's no, no way. Like Langoliers, the miniseries, I think is a close second to this as far as how fucking insane it is and how over the top everything is. But this is this is next level. I've never and, seen it. Oh, well, this is next level. So gotcha. <laughs> Langoliers is worth it. It's worth watching. It's so fucking bad. It's great. But my God, this is, yeah. I'll start start us off with my final thoughts and ratings. Final thoughts, yeah, go into it. Like I said, disaster piece. Anyone who's listened to the show kind of knows this, but if you didn't gather it from listening to just this episode alone, I, I really love this movie. It's, it, it, it's, 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 you, you can't boil this down to any one thing. It's like you, you, you've got Stephen King characters locked in a truck stop with insane machines going crazy outside. It's got parallels to a degree to the mist, another one of his stories, but this is, it's just, it's just way, way more insane as far yeah. as the over the top 80s schlock goes. And this movie is full of over the top 80s schlock. We've touched on the dialogue, <laughs> the performances. Yeah. For yeah. me, if I want to give this film an honest rating, it's an 11 out of 10 as far as schlockiness goes. Sure. But, but if I'm going to give it a real film rating, I would come in with probably like an eight out of 10 for this movie. It's got glaring plot holes. Grindhouse pointed a a major one out on the onset of this whole fucking review. And yeah, yeah, like, but, but, but it kind of did make me think of it in a different, a different sort of way where it's like, (laughs) it's it's a little bit more cosmic and ghostly than, than I would think, but the movie does not imply that. So that's just my own head cannon. I can't really dive into that as much as I would love to. So as a film, it's still a lot of love. Eight out of 10 is a lot of love, but I can make the extra step and say, this is a schlocky second, but a weaker one because it's still pretty competent and it still had a vision. Right. Oh, it's, it's made very competently on a uh, technical level. Yeah. I would say, I mean, just look at how well it's shot. It's shot amazing. That's where I'd fall. 
eight out of 10, two and 11 out of 10, depending on your perspective, because it's the fucking nightclub. Yeah. So when I, when I was watching this, I didn't even think about giving it a real rating. Maybe I should have, but this is an 11 (laughs) out of 10. This is is an amazing, this is an amazing schlocky disaster piece that I love with my whole heart. Um, It's like, (laughs) it's so Socialistic and childlike. (laughs) 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 And I love it for that. I love it for that. It's like, it's like some kids, it's like when you were a kid and you're playing with your trucks and they're like, well, why are they, why do they want to run over everything? (laughs) Well, just, just, I don't know. Aliens. Fuck it. Now (laughs) we get a rocket launcher. Boom. You know, like, it's like, it's, it's almost like robot chicken, man. Like it's, someone playing with toys but uh yeah th- this is amazing I-, I think it's accidentally amazing mostly but it- it's also to your point it's also very competent in other ways like we mentioned the way it's shot super competent the beat by beat storytelling is competent the dialogue <laughs> the, the dialogue yeah <laughs> the dialogue because human beings just do not interact and exist that are like this <laughs> but but i love it licking sweat off each other and shit like I, yeah i don't know what i'm I'm gonna go ahead and blame that on on the the booze and drugs but you know that's fine if i had to lock a real rating down i couldn't go lower than a seven because i love this movie um, i don't know exactly where it stands for me on that level because i gave it no thought last night because i just knew this was an 11 out of 10 that's my rating. That's my final thoughts. You know, Stephen King plus Looney Tunes plus booze and drugs and ACDC fucking yes. party. Fucking party, bro. This movie is a fucking party. Well, yeah, so exactly. I think I think I think Rickle Rickles nailed two parts of this. He he nailed the I'm a seven year old kid and I'm playing in the dirt and I'm smashing my trucks together because right. I can, which is as just your average American, I don't want to say male, but we'll just say your average American person. If if you can't like imagine sitting in the mud and just smashing your trucks together because you fucking can and running over G.I. Joe and then G.I. Joe gets butt fucked by a scud missile and just <laughs> I mean, it's right. It's like everything you love is being a fucking kid, and then take it one step further and then have it scored by ACDC. I mean, just right. There isn't a moment in this movie, there's not a moment where you're like bored. And you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? Like everything is, everything serves to be a tension builder. Everything serves to like catapult you at Mach 5 into the next scene. And granted, yeah, sure. Stephen King, Cokefield, whatever else. I mean, (laughs) you can, you can feel the energy in the whole movie. Right. It's coked. This one is coked up, bro. (laughs) Right up until the last scene. They just met three hours ago and they don't know nothing and they're in a tense situation. Now they're going to bang and they're going to eat each other's sweat and then the trucks are going to come in. <laughs> well, exactly. That's yeah. it. That is exactly right. That Because, yes. you know, could your, could your best, could your best seven-year-old self when you're banging your trucks together in the mud have imagined that doing this is actually going to get me laid too? I mean, like, what right, the hell? Right. I mean, so it's like, yeah, it's, it, it's absolutely awesome. And, you know, it, it's funny looking back on all the all the notes and all the records in this movie. One of the things that uh, Dino De Laurentiis did when he came into the movie is that he saw that Laura Harrington, who is Brett, like she was wearing jeans in one of the first scenes, and he was like, 
no, 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 no. Let's put her in something way hotter. (laughs) So when she had her like clothing change, when she went to like the little tank top and a skirt, that was all him. I was like, I want her to be way hotter, be way more revealing. And I think that's something that pretty much everybody can embrace. Like I I want my heroine to be hotter and whatever else. And, And they totally did it. But between the kid, Deke, who gets his like little piece of revenge, between them blowing up the ice cream truck, between them blowing up the Green Goblin at the end. I mean, it, it, it had a, the humans are losing, but fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Like, at the end of it, <laughs> sure. you know? And that's that little piece that we don't talk about that we all sort of want, and we all sort of like kind of privately root for, but you don't ever think it's going to happen. But it happened in this movie. Like, like he, he, he found a way and at the very end. And it's like, and seven days later, the earth passed through the comet and the survivors of the Dixie boy are still survivors. It's like, that's kind of what we all want. It's like, we, we want harrowing horror. We want to see all these things, but it's like, we kind of all want our group of survivors to survive. And there's so many movies that don't give you that. I mean, and granted this movie doesn't give you a little bit of like the future or whatever else where you can see what actually happens, but like, it gives you that little nugget of like, they kept going. For the for the coke field rager that this movie was, goddamn, I love it. Um, I'm gonna come in at a seven, and I I'm pretty sure you all know for me like seven is pretty high praise. A very respectable um, score for a grindhouse zombie to give. It's always hard because it's Stephen King, and I think you guys know how I feel about Stephen King. Like I right, I would I would lick the sweat from his nearly eighty year old balls if he asked me to. Yes. Um, <laughs> But it's like it, when you when you put it in the strictest context, this is not the greatest movie. It was not the greatest directed. It was not. But it's and I think this is the thing. It's like this movie is so much goddamn fun. And it is right. such it is such a ride. I love that you came in with a seven out of ten. I mean, uh, yes. Again, for listeners who don't know Grindhouse's rating scale, he's never given anything a ten out of ten. So a seven out of ten is goddamn fucking up there and as we heard earlier this is something that hit you when you were younger it hit me when i was younger ricky it didn't hit me when i was kind of remembered it (laughs) i kind of remembered it but that's one thing back to the playing with trucks in the mud and making them run run over gi joes and barbies that's one thing that this movie does it kind of puts you back in that childlike mindset whether that's a good or a bad thing, because I doubt that's what it intended <laughs> to is, do. This is this is this is Tonka trucks, GI Joes, Legos. Yes, sketching yes. in your, sketching in your notebook in math class where you got little tanks blowing shit up, doing whatever else. It's Hell this yeah. is that movie. This is that fucking movie, and it's Coke Field or not, it's it's fucking brilliant. It's just absolutely. Yep, and I and I I admire King's tenacity and his bravery for just jumping it and saying, you know what. I love that he just said, why not? Because saying why not is something that is kind of important to Travis and I. And I, I like that he just went and did it. That's yeah. awesome. It's he made the rad. goddamn thing. Coke, he did Coke, the fucking thing. Coke rattled and everything else. He, made he did it. the damn thing. And <laughs> well, that, that's that's special. So. Well, and I told you guys before that like they actually made a TV movie that was called Trucks. Right. Okay. And that was based on his uh, based on the short story, too. And that thing was uh, uh, like a hot piece of garbage. It was just, it was just fucking awful. It was just absolutely awful. And, and to think that he was like, you know what? I can do better than this. And he produced this movie. I mean, is the acting great? No, but I don't care. 
because the characters that were there, they all pulled their weight. I mean, they made a fucking spectacle out of a Bible sales where they got hit by a fucking semi for Christ's sakes. And they milked him for fucking ever. It was awesome. Yeah, you know, you, you had your character, Bill, played by Emilio. Yeah. Emilio put in <laughs> yeah. work on this film. And, 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 he was, and, and he was definitely our hero. But that, that one kid, Deke, Deke was our half hero. He was totally yeah. our half hero, you know? And so, I mean, it's just, it's almost like they made a movie. And this, if you think about Stephen King being coked out of his mind, it actually makes sense. They sort of skipped over a lot of like the formulaic, this is how it should be stuff. And they just went, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to do whatever. We're just, we're skipping everything. And this is just what's going to happen. And, and kind of like I said, you get towards the end of the movie and it's like between the, the drive up burger place and its menu and then the ice cream truck. I mean, there are some things in there. Like I said, she still, she still gave him a look where she was like, you know what? If your wife wasn't here, I would go back door all day long on your ass. And oh it just, my God. but that was the vibe of the movie. The vibe of the movie, like almost made so little sense that you couldn't even get it. The back but door grindhouse. So, but there were so many, there were so many. Moments in I like what I like. Don't judge me. Anyway, no, the whole movie, the whole movie is like, is literally being fucked in the ass by surprise. That's the whole movie. <laughs> and that's why it's awesome. episode with something rather depraved ricky and i wish to offer grindhouse zombie entrance to the coven we would love for him to be our new co-host should he accept this offer he shall have to prove himself both in knowledge and in spirit grindhouse do you accept this most majestic and faithful request no (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, Travis. I had don't want to be your monkey ranch. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think we, I think we talked about this like enough. Like, like absolutely. Like this is we've talked about it at length. Like this is just we talk about these movies. It's like we have so much fucking fun and we get so much fucking insight. And every time I watch a movie with you guys and we talk about it, the hardcore fact is that I learned something new about the movie that I didn't know, and. Maybe it's your insight. Maybe it's my perspective. It, it doesn't really matter. It's like, I love this. I, I I love talking fucking horror. I love talking horror with people that are as fucking geeky and nerdy about it as I am. <laughs> and, but I also love the, I, I love the new perspectives. You know, I don't think it's something that you can get unless you are talking about it. You know, I think you can, you know, because I, I listen to horror podcasts. I know you guys do do too. And it, it gives you a little bit of insight, but there's something about like the live action talking about it where you get like that moment where you're just like, well, shit, I never thought about that. You think about it and you're like, well, fuck, these assholes have a point. Son of a bitch. Like, I got to rethink everything I thought now. God damn it. You know, and you just 
but like I do that often and you guys have introduced me to so many to so many new movies like that were not on my radar and that like I probably probably would have watched so yes Travis I will sell my fucking soul to a nightclub yes with that being said let the indoctrination begin Best Jason and why? Derek Mears from Friday the 13th, 2009. Derek Mears from Friday the 13th, 2009. Or Derek Mears from Friday the 13th, 2009. <laughs> What's your answer? Pamela Voorhees. Yes. And who was the better Pennywise? Tim Curry or Alexander Skarsgård? Alexander Skarsgård. And Describe your perception of the nightclub. My perception of the nightclub is like a really well-made, really well-crafted ivory dildo with one pointy splinter on the end. Ooh. Eh, how would you <laughs> elevate our already epic pursuit? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> um, I have nothing for that. You guys are already spectacular. Eh, last quandary. <laughs> Can you bleed into the stars? Well, if by bleeding to the stars, you mean masturbate into the toilet. Yes, I can do that. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> I got one. Yeah. Digital magic. from the long-forgotten text of the Midnight Codex. Become cosmically woke, entangled, <laughs> and indifferent. Based. Well, first of all, I Groundhouse Zombie will never be woke, but that's just me. But I do hereby relinquish my soul and all other properties possessed and betrothed in order to enter the nightclub. I will want to spill both blood and beer to seal this pack of the coven. Hear me, tall man. Hear me, Condarian demon. Hear me, madman Mars, disciples and deities of all the dark swamps and prairies. I pledge my being, <laughs> my servitude to the show. Unearthly forces lay me in a, a low pit of damnation. Shall I crush the Cajun witches? With this, I bind myself to the nightclub. Welcome to the nightclub, Grindhouse. Welcome! One, one by one. Yes, we will take you all. So, with that being said, join Joe Blow Horror Show on the Discord. Listen to Joe Blow wherever you get your podcasts. Check out Fixie's Playground. Check out Shadow the Pod and Talking with Shadows. Check out Poltergeist OD and Jarek yes. and Jai and their band Golgotha. Check out all of our fucking friends. It's the fucking best. I see here in the Midnight Codex, so many in circles. Section 9, paragraph 13. 
Any souls willing to submit into the wall or the will of the cosmos shall be granted 33.3% stake in said cosmic <laughs> endeavors. <laughs> as, as well as all rights to claim proactive ownership in lieu of co-hosts fucking around too. <laughs> you know what that means, huh? You bitches are still a wholly owned subsidiaries of Zombie Incorporated. I own your ass beyond the grave. This wait, one. wait, what? What does that mean? How did you find that, you goddamn corporate loophole motherfucker? We, we invite you <laughs> onto this show. You fucking come in here and you, you, you still own us? Uh-uh. Ricky, embrace something before I lose my mind. Embrace the eggs while I talk to Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba in the shotgun. Just read your contract, you honey-haired son of a bitch. Read your contract. God damn it. I need new reading glasses. I'm going to stay rolling. And I hope you all stay spooky, you goddamn zombie incorporated sons of bitches. <laughs> it's a new era of the nightclub! Nightclub! Holy owned subsidiary of Grindhouse Zombie Incorporated.
Kelly owns subsidiary. Oh, God. No. All right. Well, I'll do one individually and I'll fucking figure this out. All right. You ready? Here we go. Holy owned, owned subsidiary, subsidiary of zombie of Grindhouse <laughs> Zombie Incorporated. <laughs> of Zombie Incorporated. Yes. Fuck. Okay. Fuck. This is not that complicated. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs>